Hello, friends. Welcome to the Spots of Time podcast with me, your host, Kim Scott. Thank you for joining in for just a little inspiration to empower hope and healing for yourself and for others. So let's get started. Hey, everyone. Well, today we're finally talking about it. (laughs) Hope and healing. Those of you who have known me for more than a few years, and those who have been listening to this podcast, you know that I deeply believe my purpose in life is to empower hope and healing in others. I have known that this is my purpose for a really long time, but I began seeing the fruit of empowering hope and healing about 20 years ago. And actually, I think we all have a purpose in our own little way to empower hope and healing for ourselves and for others. Because living with hurt, or regret, living with emotional baggage, it keeps us from the fullness of life that we are meant for. God wants to heal the hearts of His children here on earth. I think God knew from the beginning that we would hurt and suffer, either because of our own doing or because pain was inflicted upon us or would be afflicted upon us. This is the result of our flawed and weakened wills. And I think it's interesting that our Savior, Jesus, He Himself suffered, was hurt, wounded. And so He has experienced every hurt wound, disappointment, injustice. He knows pain. But by his example, he walked through it and rose to new life. God doesn't want us to live, to wallow in our pain, to live with unhealed wounds. He wants us to follow Jesus' example, to walk through the suffering of our lives, and to rise to new life. Each of us is created to manifest hope and healing for ourselves and for others. When my tagline for Spots of Time landed on Empower Hope and Healing, I knew I wanted to devote an episode on this topic to talk about what it means to empower hope and healing, what it looks like, why this is important. And as I began to prepare, there was just so much to say and to share. Well, that one episode turned into two. And because of the sheer magnitude and importance of this topic, I'm also planning to create a retreat day focused on empowering hope and healing. Why, you might ask? 
Well, what I have learned, experienced, and been a witness to is that most people don't know how to heal their inner selves, or most don't want to do the hard work it takes to move through pain to healing. Some people, and sadly, a lot of men fall into this category. Some fail to do the work because they believe it's touchy-feely, and they fall into the trap of the societal mind cube telling us to just get over it. If only I had a dollar for every time I heard that, just get over it. Well, as we fall into any one of these traps, what happens is our stuff goes unhealed. We end up burying the emotional trauma and baggage. But there comes a time in everyone's life when the process of healing, of getting through our brokenness, becomes a necessity to move forward to the next chapter of our lives. Or we become stuck. Sadly, my father was one of those people. And at the end of his life, he had lost everyone. And from his unhealed eyes, it was everyone's fault, not his. I know so many people who are walking with unhealed wounds. And it makes me sad because they're missing out on a life of love and mercy and the fruit that comes with that. Instead, they're living bound, and often they project unnecessary judgment, harsh criticism, unkindness, gossip, causing pain and injury to others. Remember, hurting people hurt people. And this is how patterns of pain get handed down from generation to generation. Richard Rohr says, if we do not transform our pain, we will always transmit it. So true. And this can be in demonstrative ways or very subtle, conniving ways. But the end result, is the same. Someone suffers because we don't know how to deal with our suffering. To become the best versions of ourselves, healing is a must. Otherwise, our souls and our hearts become calloused and diseased unable to authentically and genuinely love or be loved, unable to be real, unable to dial into or express our true feelings. How many times have you heard yourself say, I'm fine, when you don't really mean it? Or nothing's wrong when you are deeply depressed, upset, angry, or disappointed. 
How many times have you heard yourself say, it's okay, when someone says something hurtful, untrue, or exaggerated to you or about you? And think about the people you know. Perhaps someone who sees everything through a negative lens, or they just have a bitter outlook on life. All of these are signs of unhealed stuff. Now, society and others will just want you to get over it. But here's the truth. When hurt overpowers our joy, when pain causes us to recoil and distrust, when hurt consumes our heart, and grips our every thought, we get to a point where we start building barriers and blocks around ourselves to protect and to survive. And then, even worse, we put on a facade, a false self, to project that we are anything else but hurt or in need of healing. And then from there, what happens is we end up distancing ourselves from others. And really, in reality, we distance ourselves from ourselves. We forget who we really are because we're so busy keeping up a good face to prevent us from revealing the wounded person underneath the facade. William Young, author of The Shack. I love that book. If you have not read that book, please pick it up and read it. It's, I think, life-changing. Honestly, it's transformative. But the author, William Young, says that The Shack is a metaphor for our broken, wounded selves. We build a facade around the shack. And this is what we begin to believe is our life. And it's the facade that we show and share with others. We're afraid to show others the shack within us because of fear that they might look with the same disgust we look at our own brokenness. Now, that's real truth. But this isn't healthy for us. Emotionally, mentally, spiritually, and even physically. Healing is actually part of the natural course of life. Healing is a process. It's a journey. And perhaps even the work of our entire lives. Eventually, to be liberated from our unhealed wounds, we have to go back to the shack. We have to walk through the shack, through the hurt, through the pain, the suffering, and the wounds in order to heal. I'll come back to this in just a bit. So let's talk a little about hope. Now, here's what I believe and what I've experienced. 
Hope and healing are intrinsically intertwined. Healing comes from hope, and hope is strengthened and is increased as you experience healing. Let me say that again. Healing comes from hope, and hope is strengthened and increased as you experience healing. But hope comes first. Because hope is a virtue that is planted in our being at the same moment life is breathed into us. Hope is a gift that is infused in us by God. Hope is the trust that God's presence, God's love, God's mercy is within us and all around us, always regardless of our circumstances. Hope covers us with the strength to ride through the storms of suffering, hurt, and regret. Hope increases as we learn to release what we think we control. It's through our surrender. It's through our humbleness that hope manifests itself in our lives. And as we let go of everything that we're clinging to, you know, the stuff that's not serving us anymore, whether it's the the victim role or the angry person, the wounded soul, as we let go of all that stuff, we allow hope to rise within us and fill us with its own life. It took me a long time to tap into the gift of hope. But now that I understand the healing impact of hope, I cherish and embrace this gift that God has given to each one of us. Hope frees me. Hope increases love within me. Hope helps me move toward forgiveness. Hope is the light that shines in the darkness. And I think at the end of the day, hope brings us all closer together. As a young person, my life gave me no reason for hope. I can say honestly, I didn't have hope in anyone or anything. But what I find interesting is that I wrote hopeful short stories about a better life. I still have some of those stories. And where did that come from? Well, it came from an innate sense that I was created for more, that my life had a greater purpose. It came from the virtue of hope that was planted within me. Even though I didn't quite understand what it was, it was there. And through my short stories, the hope within me expressed itself. To experience hope, 
I believe one must be in need of something. Well, I desperately needed healing. I couldn't articulate it as that when I was young, but that was the need. And as I grew older, I still didn't know how to tap in to the virtue of hope within me. And so I looked for healing in worldly things. But really, that was just escapism. I didn't especially love feeling my feelings. So drinking, drugs, and sex helped me to forget about the hurt and helped me to project that fun-loving, high-energy facade. I think we all know that worldly fixes don't last. And so that increased the need I had for these things. And I'm just going to say it outright and honestly. I'm owning it. I was a hoe. I'm not proud of it. And maybe, (laughs) just maybe, this is why I am so adamant about hope and healing. Because if I can prevent one person from spiraling down this path, well, praise be to God. Eventually, I fell into depression. But sadness and depression were met with comments like, don't be so dramatic. Or what do you have to be sad about? I mean, geez, what more of a red flag do you need? It was like, I am bleeding out over here. Can someone please help me? So I hid my depression and I covered it with overeating, over partying, and over sexualized behaviors. These were fixes for my brokenness. And this lifestyle, (laughs) this lifestyle became my shack, the place where I hid my addictions, my brokenness, my need for healing. And over time, the shack became my place of shame. Now let's pivot back. healing. There is a connection between healing the body and healing the soul. Sometimes healing the body leads to healing the soul. And sometimes healing the soul leads to healing the body. Unhealed hurts Trapped anxieties and emotional wounds get built up within us because we're not taught how to process them. And worse yet, we're taught that we don't discuss them. Well, introduce shame. In my late 20s, I tried working on my depression by working it out and talking it out. (laughs) Don't laugh, but in many ways, Richard Simmons, (laughs) the exercise guru of the 80s, saved my life. 
working out became an obsession, but it helped to give me a new lease on life. I started going to a therapist. Now, he was big on talking through the pain with individuals who caused it. Well, unfortunately for me, that was not a viable option. I tried to talk things through and to share my hurts with my family members, both in person and in writing, but that proved to be unsuccessful. And all it did was escalate the brokenness that we were all dealing with, which is not a great platform to begin a healing process. While healing can come from having these difficult conversations with those who have hurt you and with those you have hurt, having these difficult conversations can be impossible. Healing work is complex. And often we have to confront generations of secrets. So in order to tackle years of pain, the involved parties have to be on a level playing field. All parties have to have done some healing work and be ready to face and discuss with love and forgiveness the traumas of our suffering and pain. If those who are part of your healing story have not done any healing work, it will be nearly impossible to have conversations moving you toward healing. I remember once I was out with my father and my husband. We were having dinner. And I can't remember the specific news story. But we were talking about this news story about child abuse. And my father boasted about the fact that he had never hit any of his children. Now, I know the look on my face was like, say what? Well, when he saw my face, he reacted angrily. I can't even remember what he said, but it was like, how dare I have such false memories of any abuse? In that moment, vivid memories of being beaten with a belt, being hit, picked up, and thrown in my room. I mean, I could go on and on, but all these real instances came flooding back. It would be a long time after that when I finally realized that those memories were his shack and his shack was boarded up. There was too much shame for him to go inside. And from a place of love, I feel deeply sorry for him, that he lived his whole life 
behind the facade he created for himself. Thanks be to God, today he lives in eternal peace, and I envision him finally free, finally healed. I heard once that when we stand in the presence of Jesus at the end of our lives, we become keenly aware of all the missed opportunities for grace and healing, and that the enormity of it all brings us to our knees, proclaiming Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And in return, Jesus just holds us. I have contemplated this scene between my Father and Jesus in prayer so many times, which has brought me a great deal of healing. Don't live like this. Suffering and hurt and brokenness is all part of the journey. And Christ is our example. He suffered. He was hurt. He was broken. He had wounds. His story says to us that it is through suffering that we learn compassion. It is through hurt that we learn kindness. And God, who turns death into life, promises to use our brokenness to heal and transform not only ourselves, but others as well, if we let him. What a gift. William Young says that God doesn't care about the facade, but God loves the shack. And God is in the shack waiting for us. (sighs) Amen. God is with us in our suffering, our hurt, our brokenness. And as we walk into, step into, and face our wounds, our regrets, our addictions, our need for healing, God meets us there. God is in the healing. Robert Frost, in his poem, Servant to Servants, He wrote, the best way out is always through. How profound. Hope is when you stand in the darkness and face the light. As difficult as it is, healing comes from facing the pain, feeling the pain, airing out the pain, walking through the pain. I heard this somewhere. You've got to feel it to heal it. (laughs) I love that. In Luke's gospel, chapter 22, Jesus is foretelling about Peter's denial of knowing Jesus. And he says this, Peter, you must be sifted like wheat. And once you have recovered, then you, in turn, 
can strengthen your companions. What he's saying is that Peter's denial is going to cause him suffering and pain, that Peter is going to feel broken because of the hurt that he has inflicted on Jesus and really on himself. But Jesus counsels him to get through it, to move through it, to heal. And then once he has recovered, he will be able to strengthen the other disciples. The message is clear. The message is the same for us. Until we have gone through it, journeyed through the suffering, I don't believe that we have the ability to truly heal others. We don't have the ability to lead others to healing and to hope or to any kind of recovery unless we have walked it ourselves to some degree. I think it was in my seasons episode that I mentioned about starting my ministry career and hearing people's struggles, their difficulty with healing from past traumas. And because of my own pain and suffering, even though their specific situation or their circumstances may have been different from my own, I could still relate to how they felt. I could understand their emotions because I had walked that journey and I knew firsthand what it felt like. Henry Nowen, in his book, Wounded Healer, wrote this. Ministry can indeed be a witness to the living truth that the wound which causes us to suffer now, will be revealed to us later as the place where God intimated a new creation. So beautifully articulated. And can I just take a moment just to say how great is our God? I mean, it blows my mind. Think about it. I had the life experiences that I had, and God knew it was to be. But he planned to subsequently use my suffering to help a vast number of people. When I think about the many kids I have ministered to and talked them out of suicidal thoughts, because I had walked through a similar journey and could give them real hope. All I can say is thanks be to God. Thanks be to God. Keep using me to empower your hope and your healing. You see, we can only lead people on a spiritual journey as far as we ourselves have gone. And that's why the best thing we can do for others is to stay on the journey ourselves. We transform people to the degree we have been transformed. And then somehow, 
we can be compassion, not just talk about compassion. We can be healed and show what healing looks like, not just talking about healing. And then as Henry Nouwen said so well, we become wounded healers. Wounded healers. The best advice I ever received about really moving toward healing was from a spiritual director. When I started ministry work, the first thing I did was to find a spiritual director. This was a person who could help me objectively see how God was working and moving in my life. Well, at some point in our discussions, I shared that I was still carrying unhealed pain. And her response was, talk about it. Well, I think I responded (laughs) with something like, well, where should I start? Well, I quickly understood that she didn't mean to tell her. What she meant was to tell my story, to make my messy story into a message of hope. She explained that telling my story over and over could be the path to healing and to potentially healing others. She was the one who suggested that I get and read the book, The Wounded Healer. And so I started sharing bits and parts of my life. And one of the first times I did did this was when I was leading a weekend retreat for teens. The response was unexpected. I gave my talk on Saturday morning. It was excerpts from my lived experiences and how I am trying to move from woundedness to feeling and embracing God's love and mercy. Well, throughout the rest of the weekend, teens approached me and asked if they could talk to me. They shared their stories of pain and despair. You see, from sharing my own pain, I gave them permission to do so as well, to walk through what they had been holding secretly within them. And sitting with them and listening to their stories and being able to understand and empathize from a real and deep place of understanding was a blessing. It was a blessing for me and a blessing for them. And as I sat with them and held them as they sobbed, and as the Holy Spirit inspired me to respond to them with deep understanding and compassion. What I saw over time was that they too were able to experience the strength of healing. They also had an increase in hope. And some of these young people 
grew strong enough and healed enough to tell their stories on future retreats, bringing others to hope and healing. As my ministry expanded to adults, the same thing happened. Every retreat, every talk I gave, people would stand in line to share their story with me. So here's what I've learned from all of this. Built innately in us is a desire to be seen, known, heard, and understood. And oftentimes, the actual incidents that caused us pain is not what necessarily kills our spirit, but what has the potential to kill our spirit is the lack of understanding and compassion, not being seen and recognized in our pain. This is what can paralyze one's soul, one's heart. The work of healing our own wounds is a necessity so that the healing can be passed on passed on to our family, to our friends, and to anyone God brings to our path. We all have wounds, (laughs) each and every one of us. And we all need healers. We also are all called to be healers. I think that God plans to bring us to just the right environment or situation, and he brings just the right people to us as either healers or as people in need of healing. When we learn to trust that God is in the suffering, that God has a plan to make our pain into a healing balm of prevailing perseverance for others, our wounds have served their purpose. And they become what Richard Rohr says are sacred wounds. I love that. (laughs) My sacred wounds have brought others through their suffering and their wounds, and often, in turn, their wounds became sacred wounds, and then they become the healer, and the healing circle continues. It never ends. The true strength of hope and healing came from telling my stories over and over and over again. I have told my story so many times, it barely stings to recall the experiences. But keeping it real, I still have triggers that cause me pain. I just read a quote by Young Pueblo. He writes, If the pain was deep, you will have to let it go many times. Well, for me, that just means to keep telling my stories, 
to keep walking through the pain. I have learned that when you risk sharing what hurts you the most, you can discover within yourself what Jesus calls the pearl of great price. And for me, that pearl is my belovedness, even in the midst of brokenness. Today, I have a spirituality that gives me the courage to face the most broken parts within myself, discovering the love and mercy of God waiting for me when I walk into the shack, strengthening me and empowering me to pass on the belovedness to others. One of the greatest compliments I have ever received came from a woman I met in my ministry career. She said, You help lift the chains off of others, and you give them the freedom and the faith to come to Jesus. All glory to God. The work of healing is an incredible spiritual discipline of immense proportion and great reward. It's an act of hope. The psalmist wrote in Psalm 147, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. This is a promise and a truth that I cling to because I know that this is who God is. He binds up our wounds. He doesn't take them away, but he uses them to heal us and to heal others as a sign of hope. We are all meant to empower hope and healing. Imagine each one of us acting and living as wounded healers. It could change our world. Transforming ourselves is the best way to transform the world. And as you take a step into your own pain, God steps toward you. And so today, take a few spots of time to let this saturate your heart. Are you in need of healing? Step into it. Face it. Tell your story. Keep telling your story. Embrace the blessing of healing for yourself. And celebrate that God is calling you, you, my friend, to touch the hurting soul of another and to give that soul new life and fresh hope. Amen. This is the Spots of Time podcast, which is produced and hosted by me, 
Kim Scott. I invite you to go to our website, spotsoftime.net, and leave a comment about today's episode. What resonated? Did you hear anything that inspired you? And if we have inspired you today, you can support our work and help us continue producing this podcast by hitting the donate button on our website. You can listen to Spots of Time for free on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and invite your friends. Also, follow us on Instagram at Spots of Time Podcast. Production support, website development, and social media management by Alexis Jones. Our music, entitled Spots of Time, was written by Michael Upward. Until next time, empower hope and healing.